Boldly Beautiful is your audio beauty brunch table. A source for conversations on all things skincare, makeup, fashion, styling, health and wellness, and general female fun. Brought to you by two women with over 20 years of friendship. So grab your girlfriends, pour a mimosa, and let's get Boldly Beautiful. Okay, looks like we're rolling. We're rolling. We're actually doing this. It's Hi. happening. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Candace. <laughs> we're recording a podcast. I know. Who this would have ever so thought exciting. this day would come? Oh, hey, let's cheers. To cheers. Out. Cheers to this. <gasps> Yay. Everyone is now listening to season one, episode one. I am not going to lie. I got really excited when I typed that in to the little, you know, value feel to save it. I was like, season one, episode one. I feel, I wonder if the producers of like Game of Thrones felt that way when they were like, this is happening. We're doing this. Wait, is that the bar really high for this show, Jennifer? Well, you know, (laughs) go big or go home. (laughs) That's what she said. Oh, that was gosh. our first that's what she said joke. Yes, yes. Well, we have many. So the girls I work with at the hospital, we joke about that all the time because I'm a pick nurse. We put in central lines and some of the things that we say on a regular day-to-day bit basis are just super dirty if you don't know what we're talking about. And uh, we constantly mutter under our breath to each other, you know, that's what she that's said. What she kind said. of the quintessential 14-year-old boy mind working. Right. Right, right. And then I was on Amazon a few weeks ago, and they actually have a game called That's What She Said. So, of course, I had to buy it. It's sitting on my kitchen table right now. Well, you have to break up the drama of working in a hospital and the you seriousness. Do. Absolutely. Which kind of um, brings us, I guess, to our first little part interview. Yeah. So we can talk about kind of where we started. Yes. Here's what we thought we would do for the first episode, because... A lot of you out there don't know who we are. <laughs> who are these girls? Why should I listen to them? Right. I don't know them. So we thought it would be fun to interview each other and give you a little bit of a background on our friendship and why we decided to start this podcast. Tell our um, listeners about your professional background. I like to say that I've had many professional lives, but they all kind of led to where I'm at right now because I still use all of my previous skills. So I started out in theater. I have a degree in theater from Missouri State University. Go Bears. Uh, in theater with an emphasis in directing. And then I actually used that um, after college to go into event coordinating. And my husband and I had our own event coordinating company for a little while um, that was mildly successful, but more of a huge failure. We were very young and didn't know what we were doing. And so- Plus your garage can only hold so many items. That's that's true. warehouse for right. all the stuff. When you're wearing all the hats, there's right. only so much you can do. It led me to working with brides and it was a creative outlet and I really liked that. So that was kind of my first intro into the wedding industry. You've always been that way though. We should also tell the listeners and we'll get into more of this later, but we've been friends for 20 plus years 
And I can attest that Candace has always been the cruise ship director. She is the one that you want to go to when you're like, hey, I want to have a get together. I don't know when and I don't know where and I don't know like for what reason or theme. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. I'm going to come up with all She things. will pull it all together. You make the rest of us look good in our friend Aww. group. So I um, had the event coordinating company, unfortunately, by 2008, when the recession hit. Uh, both that company and another event coordinating company that I worked for went under. So I found myself at a real crossroads in my life where I actually was having a lot of health issues. And I was hating my career path that I was on. And I just needed a huge change. And I also needed to be able to take some time for myself to um, figure out the health issues and just figure out what path I wanted to take. So I went home and told my husband that I was going to get a job at the mall. And, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it was going to be crap money, but it was going to allow me to actually take a little time to find what my next move should be and to put my health first. Um, we are probably going to talk about this a lot in future episodes, but we are both very um, health conscious people and have had some interesting health journeys and that plays into what we both consider to be boldly beautiful. Mm -hmm. So um, I will share more about that in future episodes. Needless to say, it was three wonderful years of just working at a clothing store in the mall part time working out, going on a health journey that I needed to go on to figure out how to control some pretty chronic health issues I had had through uh, eating and some lifestyle changes. And it also introduced me to the world of fashion and styling, which is something I had not really considered when I was in college as a career path. It's something I was always interested in, just as being a girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right, right. Because who doesn't play dress up in their mom's closet at right. some point? Yeah. Right. I was raised by um, a good Southern woman that loved. We love you, Mom lo Mel. We love you, Mom. Let, shout out to Suzanne Mel. Um, but she was very into always wear the lipstick, always look nice, sure. like always be dressed to impress. And when you're growing up, it's very annoying, but it's actually something that I now, especially being in the professional world, have learned to embrace. And I love, I've parlayed it into a career because I love helping other women know how to put their personal style and their personal brand together, not from the standpoint of vanity or being superficial, but from the standpoint of how we attract people to us and how you're able to make the right first impression so that then you get to move on to the business conversation sure. to where you actually get to make the sale. Right. So it, it was very valuable life mm -hmm. advice that I have parlayed into um, a way to make money and to help other people. And I, I am very passionate about that. Um, but after I had gotten all the health issues under control and was ready to move on to the next step, I had been looking for a new creative outlet and I started doing makeup for fun. And I started how most people these days start, which is I go to the 
University of YouTube. Yeah, I remember some of those early days. I remember at your mom's house, we were visiting your mom together because we take girl trips all the time. And um, I was sitting down, you were doing your makeup, and I was like, oh my gosh, have you seen this chick, Candy Johnson? Yes. <laughs> it's really all that was like you. it was like the rabbit hole that then yes. you journeyed through and now you're yes right up there. I got into all of the Candy Johnson videos the Michelle Fawn videos mm -hmm. there were some great um, special effects artists that I started following and I just started practicing and doing things and finally one day someone said you should go to aesthetic school because you could get paid to be a makeup artist and it took a year to convince me because I was almost 30. Right. And I- You already had a degree. You already had been to big kid school. Right, right. right. I thought, well, I've already done all this. I don't want to go back. I only want to go forward. And I am from a small Southern town and we didn't have the best beauty school did not have the best reputation right it's like so back from the grease days it was a little you like know? the grease yeah. days like it was what you did when you couldn't cut anything else and i certainly don't think that that's true anymore especially having gone and seen that a great majority of beauty schools at least in this area now are women who are older it's not just a fresh out of high school thing it is a you considered this career right. seriously and this is or really about a shout out if you are straight out of high school and you've been lucky enough to figure it out that right. that's what you want it's taken so much more serious now I yes. think that's where the stigma has really left because I thought the same thing I'm like you know and I part of that's probably just because our town was you know much smaller and mm -hmm. there was only one school and you know you just you see the movies like Grease and you're like oh yeah. that's that's right. what that is. But yeah, completely blown away about how different it is real life. And that it was very serious curriculum. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You were taking anatomy, you're taking chemistry, you're taking physiology, you're... I learned more about the skin aspect of, you know, dermatology and health and all of that in my aesthetic classes than I did in my nursing school. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we're trying to cover such a broad spectrum of things in nursing when you're going to aesthetic school it is pinpoint targeted to that stuff so right yeah I completely agree so I very 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 much enjoyed my time in aesthetic school I became licensed and worked for a couple of different spas and then in 2013 opened five elements aesthetics whoop and makeup whoop. studio shout out to five yes. elements and ever since then i've just been growing my clientele and um, i chose kind of a specialty of chemical free skincare that goes along with my health journey which i'll get into a little later but um, i wanted to try to live a chemical free life and wanted to introduce that to my clients and then I also have the makeup artistry side of the business as well. Yeah. And then and the styling. And then in 2015, I started receiving just organic phone calls from clients saying, well, if you can come and do my makeup for things, can you also do everything else? Because I'm getting ready for an interview. I'm getting ready to shoot a commercial for my business. I'm a local recording artist and I'm getting ready 
to shoot a music video or to go on a big audition mm -hmm. and I just or go on a first date after being out of the game forever right yeah Maybe just life things too and if they're going to hire someone to do their makeup then they might as well hire someone that can sure. also do the hair come pick out the outfit teach them how to accessorize what shoes need to you know go with what and so uh, that organically kind of grew as a second department, basically, mm -hmm. of Five Elements. And then in 2018, I just decided to make it its own separate company. So I opened Alexander Personal Image Styling, mm -hmm. and that houses all of the various styling services that I do. Now let's tell everyone what you do in your free time for fun. Um, I love television. They're really trashy. I'm kind. unapologetic <laughs> about it. Me too. Cheers I, to that. Oh my God, thank Cheers. you. I feel yes. like it's underrated. Yes. Here's something else I'm going to say, listeners. I hate reading. <laughs> I really hate reading unless it's okay. Well, let me clarify that. I don't like reading fiction. I don't either. I'm a really, really, really visual person. I. I'm from the theater, directing world. It's all about sure. the presentation. It's all about the visuals. It's all about the optics. When I want to be told a story, I get it. Books are amazing because books can be as long as you need them to be, and they can go into a lot of detail, and they can be... So there's, like, fantastic stories told through books since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. But when I pick up a book and look at words on a page, I get so bored. I, there's been a couple that I've been able to make it through, but there's more that I started them and I've never finished them. Sure. But if you turn that really great book into a movie, I'm going to go see it every time. Gotcha. Yes. So, and I'm one of those weirdos that I want to see the movie before I read the book. Okay. I cannot. I know. I can't. I can't. <laughs> because, okay, I love to read. Now, granted, I don't, I very rarely pick up a fiction book. Every now and again, I will. But most of the time, if I'm reading, it's some sort of personal development or some sort of biography or business book, something that I can then take tactics from and apply them to some area of my life. Yes. Um, I do like those books. I will read those. Yes. Um, but when it comes to the few fiction books that I read or um, attempt to read, I there's no way I want to see the movie first because then that's all I can see. And I already know how it's going to end. I don't want to... Part of the benefits of reading a book is when it's a real page turner and you can't wait to see what happens next and you're just you know staying up until two or three in the morning because you want to finish the next chapter if you see the movie first you already know it's coming okay so counterpoint okay <laughs> go ding debate so, <laughs> so i actually don't mind having great filmmakers set up the whole scene for me and I know that some okay. people aren't like that. They're like, no, I want it to be like what my I envision in my head and what I think the people look like. And I was like, I don't care about all that. If, if you're a good filmmaker and you've set it up for me and you've casted it right and you, okay, great. So, so you get all of that. So then you get the basis of the story in the movie. And then when you go and read the book, the book normally adds 
to the story. Oh. It doesn't take away. And sometimes the book and the movie did not end the same. There's actually many, many, many examples yes, where you're right. you're people right got there. killed off in the movie that sure. were alive in the book or vice versa or sure. the way that the people like it, the way that it resolved itself was like slightly different. Sure. I'll give you that. Because sometimes there's like characters that are in the movie that are not in the book and that are in the book that are not in the movie. And right. So, but if you do it the other way around, if you always read the book and then you watch the movie, you're pretty much going to be disappointed every time. That's true. Because they're I've, not, you yeah. can't put the whole book in the movie. They would all be like five hours long. And to be honest, aside from like Hunger Games, I think Hunger Games was the first movie that I saw that I felt like did the book justice and did a better job than even my imagination. Yes. Um, I've heard that too but it's totally, you bring up a good point because I am almost always disappointed right. because my favorite scene or, you know, in the book yes. doesn't even show up in the movie right because you've only got two two and a half hours right yeah okay it's why i'm glad that the, point. the new trend okay. is to take books and turn them into television series oh now see i like that too. like see i i don't know anything about big little lies because i haven't read the book or seen the show right um because i'm a loser that doesn't have hbo but i did I, get <laughs> hbo just to watch the first season just, last right. last year but i had not i had not read the book i didn't even know it was a book until i'd already started watching it so. but i've heard it's really really damn close and uh, it's because you have so much time right so sure. i guess that's true you're essentially just taking a six-hour movie and putting mm -hmm. it into a mini series. Exactly. I mean, okay. every single page of the book could basically be a scene. All right. So listen, Hollywood, no more movies based on books. Boom. Just go all TV just shows. Just go straight to TV. Right. I like that. Call Netflix, call Hulu. Done. Boom. Done. Done. Oh my God. Because I have their number on speed dial. Look at how we just solved all the <laughs> entertainment industry problems. <laughs> right. As our email boxes are going to get flooded with disagreements. But, you know, luckily we're Here's not providing our email addresses. So. Listen, trolls. We're going to make it hard. We're going to make it hard to get to us. All oh, right. What else are my hobbies? Oh, cooking. Yeah. I love me some cooking. I, I love it when you cook for me. I, you do. Yeah. We were just talking about the state of my refrigerator. <laughs> we're recording at my house because it's quiet. Um, and every time, probably for the past, what, five years, you come over, you open my refrigerator door, and you're like, this is just a sad, sad state of, yeah. Yes. Because I think on my top shelf, I have almond milk, moonshine, club soda, and an energy drink. That's the nastiest cocktail, by the way. <laughs> I don't think any of those things go together. It's the grossest cocktail. Yeah, yeah. So I don't cook. Um, the funny joke between my boyfriend and I was on the second date we were talking about deal breakers and so I told him a couple of things and um then I said also I don't cook and he kind of laughed and he was like well you know I'm sure we could get you lessons and I'm like no 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 you misunderstand me right. I didn't say I can't cook I choose not to. Because <laughs> you actually are a good cook. Uh, this is like the little secret that I'm going uh, to spill. Because let's, let's not in put that the out there. early years. I used to cook all the time. You would cook all the time. Yeah. And you and I would cook together. And we would have epic cookouts. Yep. And That's it was true. fun. I can still cook a mean steak on the grill. But I think that you've had some 
people from your past that ruined it for you. <laughs> they did. They did. That's what I'm thinking. Always tell the people that cook for you, thank you, and like rave about their food. It makes a difference, people. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay. What's okay. Next? Oh, kayaking. Oh You've my God, it. kayaking. Yeah. You can't forget kayaking so, or water in general. So just so people know, we're coming to you from the Ozarks. Yep. We both live in Springfield, Missouri, mm -hmm. and we love it. We're very, very proud of being Midwest girls and mm -hmm. growing our businesses in the Midwest. Yep. I am a strong, strong, strong believer in, especially in today's age, when we have the internet and we have such a wide, diverse range of industries where you can work online and work from anywhere you do not need to live on one of the coasts no. to be a cool kid anymore not to say that i wouldn't if the right opportunity came i mean up, we maybe have but, like plans right to right have like a vacation home but you can still in like florida do cool things in the middle of the country surrounded by corn right. and cows yes <laughs> hey, you found a beach when you lived in That's Nebraska. True. Yes, I did. And it was amazing. It also had horse flies the size of a small, like, squirrel. Well, but, that's true on you know. the coastal beaches, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's true. The point that I was going to make yeah. about that we live in the Ozarks is that we are surrounded by some of the most beautiful waterways in the oh, country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, most Ozark kids learn how to swim before you learn how to walk. Yep. And so we love all things, water and lakes and boats and jet skis and mm -hmm. lake houses. Mm -hmm. And we love, love, love our kayaking. Yes. Well, I'm not so big on it this summer, mostly because we've had so much rain and so much flooding that the snakes, I feel like Indiana Jones in that first movie where he's like being lowered into the pit of snakes. <laughs> And You're maybe being a little overdramatic. No. No, I am not. <laughs> I feel like the snakes are everywhere, and I cannot. It makes my anxiety just go through the roof. I, I just can't. I can't. If I'm on the water, I want to be in a state of eternal bliss. I want to be out there with my can koozie and floating and just not even worried about a dang thing, much less a freaking water moccasin dropping into my boat but this is why we need to make an effort to go to like niangua or the white river or anything that's spring fed where the water stays cold because they don't get in that cold water they'll die okay okay that's that's true okay those of you that live in these places i'm gonna need you to like write me and tell me that it is safe and that all this flooding hasn't caused like class four rapids <laughs> like I need perfect kayaking conditions. Okay. I'm a bit of a princess. When okay, it comes we'll put to some, we'll put some scouts out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Okay. I might put the kayak in the water before the season's over. We'll just wait till September or October. Maybe. Cuz we'll the, see. We'll the talk other about thing it. that's beautiful about the Ozarks is it does not get cold until freaking forever. The night after Summer like Halloween lasts forever. I hate it. It deeply upsets Jennifer. <laughs> it does. She really I joke that summer. I'm really a toddler because if I'm in a bad mood, it's usually only because I'm hot, hungry, or tired. So, like, <laughs> feed me, put me down for a nap, or find me a snack. It is one of those three That's things. That's easy. It is. But, I mean, the heat and the humidity, like, I definitely take after my dad. My dad went to Michigan because he could not take the ozark heat and humidity and I man 
he sends me notes all the time. He's like, it's 70 degrees and no humidity. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate it. You suck. Love you, too. I'll come visit every once in a while. I guess my hobbies are pretty much um, the trashy TV so that we always have something to talk about when we're together. Yes. We're always like, oh, my gosh, did you see so-and-so? What was she thinking? And then, of course, I get to make fun of all the lip fillers and all Shout out stuff. to Bravo. Yep. Bravo is like one of the threads that is woven into our friendship blanket. <laughs> um, and then I do like to read, like we mentioned earlier. Um, and really, I'm honestly just going balls to the wall on trying to build this business. And your hobbies, your work. Yeah, but I love it that way. And travel. We I do, do like too. to travel, oh, that's too. Right, travel. We yeah. always forget about travel. Yeah. We do love some travel. All right. Okay. Married, last. single, it's complicated. I'm. What's your Facebook status? I'm married. Oh, I've wah, been married. Wah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's just jealous because she wished she could marry me. <laughs> true. We true have story. discussed that. Well, true story. That we could have a beautiful, beautiful lesbian relationship <laughs> as long as we were allowed to have male lovers. <laughs> As long as we were not lesbian. No. In actuality. We right. just actually want to build this big ass mansion and each like have a wing and. Because we would run a tight ship together. Yeah. We would. We would be able to coexist in the same space easily. You're one of the few people that I would be able to live with and not get on my ever loving nerve. Right. At all times of the day. And but night. that's probably because we can just always say to each other, hey. <laughs> Stop that. You're getting on my nerves. <laughs> True. Could you go to your room? True. I need to not look at you for like two hours. Exactly. And the other one would be like, oh, okay, fine. I mean, whatever. Sure. So I timer. am married. Yes. Uh, my husband and I have been together since we were 15 years old. Mm -hmm. We're one of those lame, lovey-dovey couples. They are lame. <laughs> lovey-dovey couples it kind of makes me want to vomit sometimes. so we've that means we've been together for 21 years and we've been married it will be 15 this november it's crazy but we should point out that i've only known him one year longer than i know i've known you i know it really like is a feather in my cap but also like a thorn in my side because <laughs> he's got one year on me oh oh you right right like, and I can never, like, fix that. I can never, like, lap him. <laughs> he, I mean, not okay. that I'm wishing for a medically induced coma or anything, but if there okay. was anything we could do to get him to lose a year, oh I'd kind my of God. be. <laughs> you were the devil. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Um, he's not going to listen to He's this, probably right? not going to no, listen to no, these. No. He's not going to give a crap uh, about this podcast. I am not married. Um, I have been. Um, a couple of times. <laughs> um, it is not for lack of trying. No, it's not. I just figure practice makes perfect, honestly. <laughs> just Except like anything else. Well, you know, <laughs> who knows? Maybe third time will be a charm. No. That's true. Um, no, I, I have put it out there that I'm not allowing her to get married again. <laughs> I told her I refuse to be maid of honor a third time. A third time. And well, I mean, technically, you're a matron of honor the second time around. I mean, okay. if we want to get technical about it but um i 
am in a very awesome relationship um, who, who knows? I mean, it might, might happen again. He's a good one. You never know. He's a good one. Um, I do not have children of my own, but um, he has four boys and they are the epitome of boys, as in they are noise with dirt on them, but they're precious. And they they are going to be the true um, fountain of youth because, by golly, there's no way you can't be young hanging out with those boys because they are out doing everything and into everything. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think that too. I am a believer in having children later in life. Because I have a boy of my own. Mm-hmm. He is two. He's cute. And he is my beautiful angel. And I love, love, love him. Even though I, too, for the longest time, had felt like I did not really want to have anything to do with children. Mm-hmm. But he was our little surprise. And I would not send him back for anything in the world. But, yes, he is a boy. And he is ever a boy in every sense of the way. <laughs> yep. But no fear. I had him at 35 and I think it's the best because now, well, first of all, it means you got to have all of that free time sure. where you had like the kid free time. Right. And you got to do whatever you wanted to do. Yep. And party you don't feel like you're you me- missing out on anything because you no. already had that stage. I can never, ever, ever say or blame my child for like ruining my dreams right because if I had not been on the path to achieving my dreams by now then it probably wasn't that's on you that's on me right that's on me I mean I'm a big believer and it's always on you I don't care if you had your kids at 16 or if you had your kids at 40 preach uh it is always on you because there's always a way to make things happen I feel like but to each his own Um, but yes, and he will definitely keep me young because Mm -hmm. I go to work all day and talk about adulting and adulting things and styling and fashion and skincare and wellness. And then I go home and I play trucks (laughs) and and Spider-Man and I've been teaching him how to do yoga. Sure. And he's kind of getting into it. It's really fun to like pass things that you are interested in onto your kids. I think he just likes rolling on his back and grabbing his big toes because... He's so good at happy baby. Well, I mean, he's kind of a natural. Oh, that's right. Right. Because he's a happy baby. baby. I told him downward dog the other day, though. Although he really just thinks that when I do downward dog, it's me creating a tunnel oh, that he then can, can go just back crawl and forth. back and forth. In bet- that's his favorite game. He could be like a trick baby. You know how they have trick dogs that like do loop-de-loops <gasps> through your legs? Yes. He could go on America's Got Talent. We've actually, he's been watching America's, America's Got Talent lately. And he, the families that do the acrobatics together, oh. I think he's going to want to be one of those kids. You're going to have to start working on Tom now then because I do not see your husband getting on board with that No, plan. Tom Alexander's not going to be an acrobat. No. <laughs> but I might be able to do some, acro- some mild acrobatics. He might be the one to light the fuse to shoot you out of a cannon, but that's about as far He's just the support this. spouse. Yes. All the daredevils have the support yes spouse yes. on the sidelines yep yeah that's probably yep. true making sure all the signatures are finished on the beneficiary paperwork of the life insurance yes. <laughs> that's what that really comes down to so jennifer what's your professional background 
Well, um, I am a nurse, registered nurse, and much like you, um, I have been many things in my past career lives. Also, I've worked for the government as an administrative assistant and administrative officer. Um, I had a photography and marketing little boutique business that was pretty successful and um, I enjoyed that, but honestly, it was the entrepreneurial aspect of running that that really fulfilled me. And um, Okay, now back up. We should really fill in the listeners that when you say you had a little <laughs> photography business that did well... We should clarify what that what that really means is your name is still on billboards to this day. It is. In our hometown in Arkansas. It is. And it is something I am deeply, deeply proud of you for, Aww. that you created a true legacy business. That Thank you. Even though you are no longer in the driver's seat running things and being the photographer and doing the day-to-day -day, your name and something that you started and built is still pretty much the go-to institution for photography in our hometown yeah that's that means a lot thank you you were kind of um, a badass <laughs> it it was definitely a team effort and it's definitely grown tremendously even more in the very capable hands um, of the marketing agency that i sold it to um, they were wildly supportive um, some life circumstances happened i was going through a divorce i was going through some health issues of my own um, it really had become this monster that I just could not um, keep up with anymore or feed on its own. And the right people kind of were placed in my life to allow me to sell it to them. They ran an extremely successful marketing agency um, in town and already had an existing photography department, but um, I had really grown my business by focusing on commercial clients. And that was a little bit different than some of the other photography um, studios in town. And that I think really appealed to the marketing agency that I sold it to. I had established relationships with different people that would really behoove them. Um, so it was really a win-win and they had the resources and the knowledge to really take over and kind of fill in some of the gaps that a one-woman show or at that time I had two part-time people um, working for me at the studio um, but still there's so much that goes into it um, that they were able to take over that back end and turn it into something even more awesome so um, yeah, it was an awesome ride. Uh, and the only reason I kind of say the thrill in that business for me was more the entrepreneurial aspect of it is because I feel like there are those certain people's people that kind of have that itch. They don't know maybe what it is, but they just know they want to be the ones driving the bus. And if they're going to work that hard, um, they don't want it to be for somebody else. They want it to be for themselves. They want to build something for themselves, for their families, something to um, look back on and really be proud of. 
and um, so I've kind of always had that itch. I didn't really go into photography in the beginning because I loved photography. I went into it because it was low barriers to entry and the competition wasn't that steep at that time. And um, I actually entered right before the digital photography really took off. So right. not every single person had a digital camera or an iPhone in their pocket that had all these awesome editing programs. Like I kind of just, part luck, part skill, part brain just kind of went in and all the pieces worked. Um, but because photography itself as an art form wasn't like my tried and true, had been loving it since I was five years old or, you know, some mm -hmm. of these stories that you see behind super talented, like our friend Erin, yes. you know, she just has a love and a passion um, for what she does. And I, I do have a love and passion for business and for connecting with people. Right. So that made it easy for me to be like, you know, this chapter is kind of ending right now. Um, I felt a real call at that point a lot because of what I was going through personally. And then the timing just seemed right. I had just gone through a divorce. You lived here in Springfield. I had been trying to live here for a decade almost at that point, but the situation just didn't allow for it because I had a business there and I, my husband worked there and so we weren't ever going to move. So I was ready to move to Springfield and it was just time for a change. And I felt really compelled to make that change into a career that I felt like truly made a difference. Like that cliche, you want to make the world a better place. Um, and that's where nursing came in, which has always been you, by the way, because <laughs> even when I we try, were in high school, but, yeah. you thought about going to medical school. You actually, I think, I think that's what drew you to even taking the government job mm -hmm. of kind of a civic duty and mm -hmm. being involved in something that benefited the people. And I was real interested in government at one point, mm -hmm. had dreams of being secretary of state one day and like, you know, helping build relationships between nations. It just, you know, I, I think we all dream super big when we're little and then life like smacks us in the face. Right. Like, nope, here's what you've got to work with right here. Um, so it just nursing to me seemed like something at that point because I was about to turn 30. So like you, I mean, I had already been through um, college. I had a double bachelor's in business and human resources already. Um, and I thought, what can I do that's going to be something that fulfills not just the bank account, not just the brain, like entrepreneurial stuff, but what's going to make me feel like at the end of the day that I did something worthwhile that was making an impact in someone's life, like world difference level. And um, to me, it was just nursing. I was like, this is, this is what I need to do. So moved up here, went to nursing school, um, man had no idea what I was signing up for in nursing school. I mean, it was just a world of different information when you're talking about someone that came from a business side and then artsy 
to then go to science, science, like, and not just science, but like full blown knee deep elbows in like science. Right. But what was kind of cool was going to school the second time as an adult. And I think you and I talked about this at one point was you have such a deeper appreciation and understanding for what it is that you're actually learning, the purpose that you're being taught. Like, kind of like you just spoke about becoming a mom later in life. For me, going to school, going back to school to get my nursing degree later in life was probably one of the best things I could have ever done. Amen. It was hard, but I got it. Like, I understood and I appreciated it. When you have, like, a better sense of time management. Sure. You have a better sense of, well, and I think in being in trade school over Mm -hmm. four-year, and not to dog on four-year at all, I would relive my four years I was in undergrad over and over and over again because there's just such great, like, life stuff and memories that's happening. But usually focusing on your academics is not, not the priority. No. Nope. Also, you're still having to take classes that you're just having to take to make some sort of accreditation degree sure. requirements. But trade school, you are there because you care 100% about the trade. Uh-huh. And you know you're going to 100% use the trade. Sure. If you're there for the right reasons. Sure. So you are just so dialed into every class and every lecture Mm -hmm. and every hands-on experience you get to have because you know it's all truly going Mm -hmm. towards that end goal of the career. Mm -hmm. Now, total transparency here and truth be told, there were still plenty of days slash exams slash clinical days where I hated my life 100%. -hmm. Because even though I knew that these um, skills I was practicing and learning and this information that I was cramming into my head was all going to be very specifically purposed in my purpose when we left school, it still meant sleepless nights. It still meant, you know, test anxiety. And it still meant putting up with a whole lot of stuff, especially during clinical days, and you're not getting paid for it. And you're just in there doing the same amount of work and feeling tired on your feet after 12 hours and then having to go home and write a paper and do case studies and care plans about what you just spent 12 hours on. And not only are you not getting compensated for this, um, you're paying someone else to go through this hell. You know what I mean? I'm like, hold up just a second. Like sometimes I think degrees are essentially just a certificate in perseverance because you have just stuck it out. Yes. And sometimes that's the secret to success is just sticking it out. And then the institution that you're doing it for is essentially getting free labor slash labor that's paying them 
<laughs> so they're making money. right now having been on the other side and have been a nurse that has been in charge of a student nurse before now i also understand it's not all you know rainbows and butterflies on that side either it's yes. not just some minion that's doing all your work for you you are scared to death that they're gonna kill your patient so you're <laughs> following you. behind them yeah exactly and that's your license um so you are following behind but it's just that mental state that you're in in the moment right because it doesn't matter whether you're the teacher or the student like in your head you've got the worst end of the deal mm -hmm. right it doesn't matter because one doesn't see the other side in that moment anymore so anyway I uh, got through that thank God Lord willing um, and I went straight into the operating room um, because I'm a weirdo that's fascinated with all things that make our body work. And so... You're a little bit of a thrill seeker, too. I, you know, parts. I think so. Like, I'll never forget the day um, that I saw a surgeon, like, remove someone's intestines and put them on top of the stomach so that he could get to where he was needing. <laughs> that I was like... Wow, that just like no book can teach you that. Yes. Are we going to have to cut that part out of the episode? <laughs> like our listeners can be like <laughs> listening to this over lunch and you <laughs> just ruined it for me. Maybe we'll do like a spoiler alert yeah, in yeah. the show notes. Be like at minute 513, make sure you're not eating. <laughs> no. Um, that's a challenge for me, by the way, because as a nurse, I see so many disgusting things all the time, and I don't mind it. In fact, most of the time, I love it, so it does not bother me to so talk about disgusting things. You're one of those people who could eat during horror movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, nurses, when we do get lunch, like we talk about what's going on with our patients as we're like shoveling That's spaghetti true. and meatballs in our mouth. Right. So, you know... I mean, you kind of have to. You have to have a strong stomach That's if, you're, true. if you're in the medical field. So anyway, operating room, spent a few years there, um, did some what's called autologous immunotherapy for the Red Cross for a little bit, um, worked in the ICU for a few years, and then just um, spent a year on the PIC team, putting in the central lines like and we mentioned. And you did mentioned. travel nursing? Yes, travel nurse as an OR nurse. That's what found me in Nebraska looking for a beach. Um, so it's been um, a lot of awesome time and experiences, but I think what's been neat is I am I'm like half and half. I love doing tomboy things. Like I have power tools in my garage. I like building things. I've taken apart and fixed my own television before. Like my dad taught me how to change my own oil when I was little, you know, all those kind of things. But I'm also a girly girl. Like I enjoy the makeup and the fashion and um, being dressed up and skincare and those things. So I think, you know, seeing that there was a way that I could bring my knowledge and background as a nurse on the medical side of things to really complement um, an esthetician like yourself. Um, and we'll get into other things like the medical versus the chemical free and what I do versus an esthetician and different things. 
Um, I just saw that as an opportunity for one, I, I love the idea of still making a difference in people's lives just in a different way. And I'm going to save a lot of my theory behind all of that for our episode when we talk about what being boldly beautiful really means. Um, but between that and then also, man, when you're working in the hospital and you're seeing the worst of the worst, I worked in the neurotrauma unit for several years and just every day, every day is just hard. It's physically taxing. It's mentally taxing. It's spiritually taxing. And you see a lot of people that don't want to be there are upset and mad that they have to be there. And no, it's not necessarily against you, but you get the brunt of that because that's how a lot of people cope. Um, and you're on the front lines. And and you're just having to run at that level and operate at that. I call it a vibration because it does. It feels like a frequency when you're doing that for 12 to 13 hours on your shift. I mean, people would say, well, gosh, you only work two or three or four days a week. Like, I wish I had that kind of schedule. No, no, you don't. Right. Because you don't see your family on the days you work. It takes you half a day or more to recover after your last shift. Your entire body aches. You're crying for these patients on the drive home. I used to drive home in silence because it would take me that long just to decompress and kind of unpack everything that I had just experienced and gone through in that previous 12 hours. Cause you don't have time to do it in the moment because things are critical, right. like you're keeping people alive. You're keeping families from falling apart. You're keeping someone's spouse that's watching, you know, his wife in a hospital bed that may or may not, you know, come out of this accident alive. Like you're holding all of that together for them. So you don't have the time or the privilege of falling apart on the job. That's not, that's not what you're there for. You have to do that on your own time. And so to, to go from that kind of environment nonstop, I, I was feeling, I was starting to feel the burnout. I was starting to feel real bitter. I'd gone through a couple of things that really, um, knocked me for a loop, so to speak. Um, in in the ICU that I was ready for something that you know what I want to make a difference I want to be able to still educate people I want to help them but I want them to want it I want them to want the information that they're seeking and yes skincare could be technically viewed as like a luxury service or something but I think there's a whole lot there that when people come to see you or come to see me um, it's not always just about like the acne problem that they're having, or it's about something a little bit deeper, right? Or Absolutely. it's about teaching them how to maintain a self-care routine, you know, and these things that are going to have an impact on not just their life, but the life of their family when they go home happier, healthier, fed, you know, from a self-care standpoint. I and, think, uh, and I, we are going to dive pretty deep into this, into some future episodes, but I would argue 
that we are not in the vanity business. We are in the mental health business. I would say there's a big component of that. We are a form of the preventative, shall I say, mental health, not to make any kind of grandiose statements that would be out of our scope of practice. We are not mental health professionals. We do not have psychiatry degrees. We are not running a mental health facility, but there is a large component of general mental health that is connected to stress management absolutely and self-esteem and confidence and taking pride in one's appearance that i think goes a lot deeper than our society has liked to admit for a long time and i think is just now starting to come around too and we are providing a service that is allowing people, I believe, to get ahead of more long-term health problems. I agree. Um, and like I said, we'll be going into a much bigger deep dive on that, but I think that's really kind of the foundation of what led both of us to these industries. Mm-hmm. It was about a deep desire to want to help people. But like you said, help people in an arena where they really want to be there. Right. Because that's half the battle, right? Of helping anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's a diabetic going to a clinic for the first time to seek help on how to manage his or her diabetes um, or weight. You know, we talk about being in the right mindset for weight loss or weight gain if you're in that, you know, camp. Um, it really is a mindset that you have to be ready and you have to be willing to go for um, expert help, advice, treatment, whether it's something medical, like those things that we just discussed, mental health, you know, physical, actual things, or whether it's, it's just learning how to take care of yourself in general. We're not offering facials and chemical peels and waxing we are offering a time to where you get to focus on your needs and the things that make you feel better outwardly that then helps you reflect your inner beauty also and again you know that's a big topic that we'll go into but that's what we're here for. That's what we're providing. We're providing an avenue and a service that lets you feel beautiful from the inside out. Right. Or outside in. I mean, they both work in tandem. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I, I think to kind of finish up our our questions that we wanted our listeners to really listen or understand about where we came from, I think that's what I love most about the beauty industry is that it's so much more than just learning how to put some makeup on or getting a tint on your you know lashes or your brows or getting a chemical peel or fixing an acne problem like it's about learning how to love what you see in the mirror even as you're improving it or doing what's important to you but doing it in a way that makes you feel confident so that that inner beauty really has a chance to shine through too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's my favorite part. So 
I think that's a beautiful note to end on. I think so too. Oh my gosh. Well, we, we did it. We did. We are so excited that you have chosen to try our show out. And if you would like to know more about uh, my businesses, Five Elements Aesthetics and Makeup Studio, or Alexander Personal Image Styling, uh, we are going to put all the links to um, those two businesses online and all the social media down in the show notes. And if you would like to know more about Jennifer's business, the Skin and Beauty Clinic, we will yep. also have all of that information as well. So visit us online, check out our services, and stay tuned for future episodes. Yep, we can't wait to help you get boldly beautiful. Thanks, guys. Till next time.